welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 249. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you've all recovered from Halloween. Ooh, Halloween scary. Scary. That was going to be my audio depiction of me having my brains ripped out by a zombie or something. But I realized as I was screaming that I hadn't really set it up, so it just sounded like a crazy person. So, apologies, I guess? Go ahead, though, and mail me some candy, if you like. I won't, uh, I won't object. So yeah, so Halloween is over. Another one in the books. We've all watched It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, on Apple TV+, Plus, not on regular TV. We have bobbed for our apples. We have carved our neighbor's pumpkins. We have apologized to our neighbors for carving their pumpkins. And, uh, you know, we're ready to get on with things like uh, the election, right, here in the U.S. Um, This episode is going out on November 1st. The election is on November 3rd here in the U.S. And uh, whatever your political affiliation, I think we can all agree that Election Day is great because that means the end for a while of political ads. So, you know, cheers to that. Got some more feedback to the Dukes of Hazard episode, uh, this time from Jeff Fulton at 8-Bit Rocket. He of Into the Vertical Blank. He had some more thoughts about the Dukes of Hazard episode on Twitter. He wrote, there was a Dukes of Hazard film in about 2005 that had Jessica Simpson as Daisy. I think that went over okay. I think 2020 is ripe for more lazy, corrupt cop and city boss shows, but with the car Confederate flag to be replaced with the current Georgia state flag. Among the things I had said about Dukes of Hazard in the episode was speculating whether you could do Dukes of Hazard today in 2020. As he sort of gets at here, in some ways, there are themes within Dukes of Hazard. Even though the Dukes of Hazard was a very lightweight show, not at all trying to be political, you had corrupt cops and corrupt city government and so forth. Um, and those are certainly political issues today. Uh, oh, before I forget, the film. I don't remember what year the film came out. I could look it up, but I'm probably not going to. And Jessica Simpson was Daisy Duke. I think Johnny Knoxville, maybe, was Luke Duke. And I'm going to say Matthew Lillard was Bo Duke. But I think I'm wrong about that. Not sure. Doesn't really matter. The film was okay. Oh, and I think Burt Reynolds was Boss Hogg, actually. The film was fine for what it was. It was fine. But that was a lot of years ago. Today, it would be hard to get past even... The car. It's a big orange car with a huge Confederate flag on the top, and it's literally called General Lee. Even if you take the flag away, which I think you'd almost have to these days. I don't think you could get away with putting a Confederate flag on the car for lots of good reasons. But what do you do about the car? What do you call it? Can you even call it General Lee anymore? Uh, I don't think you can. But if you don't call it General Lee, it's just a big orange car. Could you name it something else? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Maybe that's a good question for everybody. What would you call the General Lee in a 2020, or now approaching 2021, Dukes of Hazard remake? I don't know. Could be interesting. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. If any of you guys have thoughts about Dukes of Hazard or anything else, well, you know how to reach me. While we're waiting for uh, the U.S. election to happen, let's talk about video games. We'll do that right now, because I'm looking at my sheet, and there ain't no news on here. I think I already said it. Halloween's over, we're eating our candy and waiting for the election. 
trying really hard to uh, breathe through the plastic wrap that we wrapped ourselves in to avoid the corona. And uh, now we're going to talk about a game. This week's game is... A dog can get mighty hungry when he doesn't get his chuck wagon. Because dogs love the soft, meat-like chunks, the brown, crunchy bits. The rich broth chuck wagon makes when you add warm water. Serve your dog chuck wagon. Chances are, he's already waiting for it. That's right. We're playing Chase the Chuck Wagon from Purina? Yes, Purina. The dog food people. With a little help from SpectraVision. 1983. This was a game. It was a promotional item through Purina Dog Food. You bought dog food and you cut the proofs of purchase off of the bags of dog food and sent them in with some cash, I guess, and they would send you a Atari game. And it was called Chase the Chug Wagon. This is incredibly weird. But there we are. How do you play this thing? Well, you get out your Atari console and you shove the cartridge right in there into the slot and then your mother yells at you for beating on the console and then you turn the video game on for some reason I, I didn't play I don't have the cartridge my I think from the half-assed research I did the cartridge is actually pretty rare if anyone happens to have one and if I'm correct that it is rare let me know and tell us how you acquired it I played a uh, you know one of the ROMs on my harmony cart and I thought it was odd because to actually start the game you don't push push the reset button you push the select button uh, which I thought was strange, but anyway. So you start the game, you, you know, hit select or restart or whatever. Uh, the object of the first maze screen is to move Chucky. I'm reading from the manual here. I wish they'd call him something other than Chucky because we just had Halloween and Chucky means something entirely different to fans of the season than it does to uh, fans of cute little terrier type dogs. That reminds me, look at the dog. If you happen to play the game, look at the little dog running around the screen. He's little short legs and little pointy ears. I keep thinking that's like a terrier kind of looking thing, but I'm not sure in my head if that's what I mean. So look at it and tell me what kind of dog you think that is. So the object of the first maze screen is to move Chucky, the dog, through the maze and escape through the opening at the top of the screen directly below the chuck wagon. If you successfully escape from the maze, you will enter the reward screen. The reward screen requires you wait until the dog dish is even with Chucky and then press the joystick fire button to allow Chucky to move to the dish and eat. This will score an additional 100 points. You don't just move towards the dog dish, you actually walk halfway into it the way it's uh, presented on the screen. It looks a little bit like what my cat would do towards the end of his life, just kind of walk into the dish. It also reminds me of what our current, our other cat does. Uh, she doesn't get in the dish, but she sits there and paws at the water and splashes it out of the bowl and you know, gets her paw wet and then licks her paw. Really what I'm saying is cats are weird and kind of jerks because she makes a big mess on the floor and then just walks away. A little bit like kids, actually. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, the reward screen. So yes, you get your reward and as you're eating, your score uh, uh, scrolls upward uh, another 100 points, I believe. The reward screen requires you wait until the dog dish is even with Chucky and then press the joystick fire button, allow Chucky to move to the dish and eat. This will make an additional, score an additional 100 points. I already said that. Or, we have entered some sort of a time loop. I'm not sure. 
keep listening. And if I say it again, then yeah, we're stuck in a time loop. And I'm terribly, terribly sorry uh, that this is the game you're stuck with in the time loop. We couldn't have a, you know, a Pac-Man time loop or Laser Blast or Pitfall 2. No, we get a Chase the Chuck Wagon time loop. Sorry. If you miss the dog dish, no points will be awarded and you will simply go ahead to the next maze screen and the dog will pee on you. I added that last part, but that's what dogs do because much like cats, dogs are jerks. In each maze screen, there will be objects appearing on the screen and bouncing from side to side. These should be avoided. If they hit Chucky, you will be frozen temporarily, which will decrease your score. Also, in each maze, there is a dog catcher who is chasing Chucky. Are dog catchers still a thing? You know, driving around the van with the net and the slightly confused looks on their face and totally baffled by, you know, a little mutt running across the street. And then they go, gosh, I just can't catch him. Like in every Disney movie ever from the 60s and 70s. Anyway. If the dog catcher catches Chucky, you'll lose a life. You only have three to start with, so be careful. When the game is over, your score will be displayed on the screen. It will be the total of each maze screen score and the total of each maze reward screen score. Note, for a real challenge, start the game with the Switch on the video game set at Expert. This will only allow you 30 seconds per maze and the speed will be increased. Also, as the game progresses, the speed will increase. I think, as always, and I always say this, Someday I'll actually do it, but I didn't really pay attention to what the settings on my console are, expert or novice, A or B, and I never do for some reason, either, even though sometimes it actually does make a difference. I just, you know, shove the cartridge in there and go, and my mom calls me from wherever she's at and yells at me, which is weird, but anyway. So yeah, I, I did notice, maybe I'm on the expert setting, I'm not sure, but there does seem to be a time limit. If you don't get out of the maze, your life just sort of ends. And it took me a while to figure out what was going on. Like, I didn't get hit by a random object. It must be that my time ran out or something. And basically the game alternates. Maze screen, reward screen, maze screen, reward screen. Until you run out of lives. There's really no end to the game. Uh, it's just until you run out of lives. And that is how you play Chase the Chuck Wagon. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast all about life lessons growing up and every episode a segment about music music that i love artists that i admire and sometimes even my own music you can find autobiography of a schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers or you can go to schnookpodcast.com that's s-c-h-n-o-o-k podcast.com and I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. Our friend Madam Wikipedia notes, as I did, that the game was only available via mail order by sending in proofs of purchase to Purina. In the 70s and 80s, popular television commercial f- commercials for Purina dog food include a dog chasing a tiny chuck wagon. I am of an age where I remember seeing those as a kid and thinking they were awesome. Gameplay is loosely based on this premise, except it's not really because 
you don't chase the chuck wagon and the chuck wagon doesn't chase you. There is a chuck wagon parked at the top of the screen and it doesn't ever move, which I think is a big mistake. Perina contacted video game distributor SpectreVision to create a game themed around dogs and dog food. This was a new marketing technique that emerged during the popularity of video games in the early 80s. In practice, the promotion was relatively unsuccessful. The unshipped cartridges were destroyed. Quote from Mark Schwartz here. I was approached by a good friend who ran TMQ ICOM, and he badly needed this game programmed over a weekend. Yes, it took me all of three days to cobble this game together. I had existing code from my first game, Artillery Duel, hmm, never played that, to look at. The sound effects were basically the same. I apologize for the weak gameplay, but I was rushed. Yeah, the sound effects are weird, because when you die, there's like this apocalyptic nuclear bomb goes off. Way out of proportion to what's happening in this game. Chase the Chuck Wagon, according to Wikipedia, is far from the rarest of games for the Atari 2600, but it is often referred to as the holy grail of Atari 2600 video game collecting. Ralston Perina, if you're curious, was a St. Louis, Missouri-based American animal feed, food, and pet food company. On December 12, 2001, it merged with Swiss food giant Nestle's Friskies division to form Nestle Perina Pet Care Company. Ralston Perina, okay, this article has Ralston Perina, R-A-L-S-T-O-N, Ralston Perina, no hyphen, and then in parentheses it says originally Ralston Perina hyphen. All right. Traces its roots to 1894 when founder William H. Danforth established the animal feed company Perina Mills. Danforth formed a partnership with George Robinson. William Andrews entered the business of feeding farm animals by founding the Robinson Danforth Commission Company. The predominant brand for each animal was generally referred to as Chow. Hence, Perina horse chow, Perina dog chow, Perina cat chow, Perina rabbit chow, Perina pig chow, and Perina monkey chow. Holy crap. They actually had a Perina monkey chow. That's a real thing. Hmm. Alright. Later, the company began producing cereal. Okay. The cereals became so successful that the name of the enterprise was changed in 1982 to the Ralston-Perina Company. Ralston Perina sold Perina Mills, its U.S. animal feed business, to British Petroleum in 1986. Perina Mills is now owned by Land Lakes. In 1994, the Ralston, quote, human food, close quote, operations of the Ralston Perina Company were spun off into a new company called Ralcorp Holdings. And then there's some more boring business merger stuff. The animal feed businesses continued to use the Perina and Chow brands, which Perina Mills and Cargill licensed. Cargill got a piece of it at some point. Licensed for use in the U.S. and internationally, respectively. Merger with Nestle's, blah, blah, blah. They merged with a baking company, opened a uh, test market pizza store called Checkerboard Pizza in 1986. Format similar to Domino's and Little Caesars. Did well, but Ralston Perina decided not to enter the pizza franchise business and closed all the pilots by late 87. Keystone Ski Resort in Colorado is theirs too. 1983, Ralston Perina also bought Breckenridge Ski Area for an undisclosed amount, but then sold uh, it to Vail Resorts along with another one for $331 million. Ralston Perina also owned Jack in the Box from 80, or 68 to 85, along with several high-end restaurants, and owned Van Camp Seafood Company from 63 to 88. They also owned an animal pharmaceutical company in the 70s and 80s. If you're curious, Canadian Pet Connection recommends Perina High Protein Monkey Chow Lab Feed, which you can get for $25.89 a bag, and it has everything that you need for your favorite monkeys to thrive. They'll love chowing down on this high-protein and highly palatable recipe that allows them to keep happy and healthy. As an extruded biscuit is a good source of stabilized vitamin D and C, nutrients, fibers, healthy fats, and protein which help boost the immune system, supports the development of healthy bones, teeth, skin, and fur. 
I think their sentence got away from them because that was going to be a dependent clause. As an extruded biscuit, they need something there. Instead, it just says, is a good source of stabilized vitamin D and C, blah, blah, blah. By the way, extruded biscuit is the name of my new band. Come on, you were all thinking the joke too. It is as easy to serve as it is ready to be consumed. Plus, it's suitable for old world breeding colonies. The special formula also has ascorbic acid. Yes. That's going to be our hit single. Uh, extruded biscuits, hit signal, ascorbic acid. For easy digestion, uh, what better way to promote their overall health and wellness with a meal that has, hey, I'm doing a commercial for Perina Monkey Chow, I just realized. Perina, whichever subdivision handles this, I'm doing an ad for you right now, so you should be sending me some money, or at least a bag of Monkey Chow. Oh, hi, Sophie. Sophie just wandered in as I'm discussing Perina Monkey Chow. Yeah, we're totally going to get free bags of Monkey Chow. For the monkey we don't have. Exactly. We're not getting a monkey. Wait, Preen, I didn't say that. We're totally getting a monkey. And we need some monkey chow. Why are you even doing that? I like free stuff. <laughs> no, probably not. I'm talking about... Uh, here, listener, I'm going to explain. I'm going to summarize the show right now. Uh, I'm playing a game called Chase the Chuck Wagon, which was a promotional item that Prina, the dog food people, put out in 1983 to promote their product. And I've been telling the people all about Prina, and one of the items that they sell is monkey chow. So I kind of wanted to read about monkey chow, and then I realized that I'm really just promoting monkey chow. So that's when you walked in. <laughs> you guys can't hear her very well, but she's asking maybe puppy chow really just means like the stuff that everybody brings uh, as their item to contribute to a uh, uh, to a potluck, like the, the, the cereal with the chocolate and stuff. I don't think, Sophie, that they mean that kind of puppy chow. I think they mean like grain and veggies and meat and stuff all ground up and put into kibble. Sorry. All right, she's out then, everybody. Bye, Sophie. Bye. So anyway, yeah, that's monkey chow. The Canadians love it, apparently. If I have any listeners in Canada who have fed their monkeys monkey chow, let me know. And really, for anyone, for that matter, I would like to know about this. Send me a picture of your monkey eating monkey chow. That would be awesome. Man, where do we go from there? Old School Gamer magazine did a piece about Chase the Chuck Wagon in 2019. Rick Pryor uh, did this article February 24th, 2019. He actually does refer to Chase the Chuck Wagon as the holy grail of collecting. There were entire GeoCities, remember them? Pages dedicated to its rarity, complete with lists of the privileged few who owned a copy, which you could get if you were willing to cough up what at the time uh, was an exorbitant price, uh, often exceeding $100. You can still expect to pay $100 or more for a copy of Chase the Chuck Wagon, but whereas 25 years ago that purchase also included Included status as an elite super collector. Today, all you get is a pretty ho-hum maze game. Mike Schwartz, we quoted him earlier, was given three days to complete the game. After playing it, you'll wonder what he did with the other two. He comments on the obstacles. You've got the objects flying around, which sometimes look like cat heads. Sometimes it's a bone in the game. Actually, at some points, it's nothing. It's just a slight disturbance in the, in the air, like a little black amorphous blob thing flying around which actually is kind of cool because it's harder to see 
so it's a little more of a challenge. But Rick Pryor here observes that uh, uh, the fact that this disembodied cat head or whatever it is can freeze you for a few seconds, that's a big deal because you only get 60 seconds or 30 seconds on expert difficulty. So this is more of a threat than the dog catcher, which you can see in the field report video if you're a, a Patreon supporter. The dog catcher looks kind of creepy and he just kind of wanders around. He's not really a threat. Rick thinks that the uh, bonus, the 100-point reward bonus, is ludicrously large. The imbalance makes the maze screens, which are, you know, the bulk of the game, completely secondary if your aim is a high score. The sound effects are recycled from artillery duel, but generic enough to not be entirely out of place in either game. I disagree. I think the sound effects are really out of place in this game. Like a lot of promotional items, the game reeks of something that had to be given away because no one, not even the slimiest marketing guy in the building, felt right charging for it. Chase the Chuck Wagon may have lost its status as the rarest of the rare, according to the Atari Age Rarity Guide. It isn't even the rarest game published by Spectrevision, but it's still a hard game to find, and it will forever be a part of, the, of, of, of Atari collecting history. I don't know offhand what the rarest game is, or even the rarest Spectrevision game is. I could go look, but I'm probably not going to. 8-Bit Central observes that due to the peculiar nature of obtaining this game, it's a very rare title. Unfortunately, the game is very awful. Its value surely comes from its rarity. Final Judgment, Spectrovision Chase the Chuck Wagon is for the dogs. Once you get over the uniqueness of its history, the game itself sucks ass to the point where you'd likely yank it from the console before properly turning the power off or force quitting your emulator. And then, of course, we all know that your mother will call and yell at you for abusing your equipment. TheGameHoard.com wrote in 2018, Chase the Chuck Wagon is one of the earliest instances of a blatant advert game that being a game developed more to promote a product or company than stand alone as an enjoyable video game experience. The mazes are not too difficult to figure out. The escaping is less a question of finding your way through the maze than it is of moving through it before a timer counts down to zero. Unfortunately, the little dog you control isn't in the best shape for navigating these mazes, often being just as big as the gap between the walls. In a more open stretch, he's easy enough to move, but when passing through small openings, the dog has a nasty habit of getting stuck to the walls, player having to urge him off the wall with some forceful joystick pushing. Oh, this reviewer, I mentioned those weird little black uh, distortions in space that the uh, flying objects sometimes turn into. He observes that maybe it's a tornado of dog food. That's as good a guess as I have. The four maze designs aren't really that interesting. Visually, the first three mazes at least look a bit interesting before you notice their designs prioritizing looking neat instead of enhancing play. But the final maze before the set repeats itself doesn't really hit either mark. The fourth maze is a series of boxes with a single opening, the players starting in the smallest one and gradually working their way out of increasingly larger ones. Uh, I, I don't think you get to see that on the field report. Sorry about that. Talks about the uh, the reward screen, how weird it is that you can jack up your score with this uh, uh, little reward thing. The fact that most of your points come mostly from a timed button press trivializes the bulk of the game's content and it's more challenging maze segments although most of that challenge just comes from avoiding enemies that might randomly line up to make victory that round impossible. The verdict, the main problem with Chase the Chuck Wagon is how random success can be and how boring it is to succeed when random factors aren't messing you up. He gives the game a rating of terrible. Uh, the website PriceCharting.com, by the way, listed this game for $499.99. There's no way in hell not, not to uh, telegraph what my, what did I think of this game? conclusion will be after the field report but i will just go ahead and tell you right now that even if i loved this game 
there's no way I would pay $499.99 for it. So with that in mind, after the break, here boy, here boy, woof, stay, and listen to more of the show. It's time to chase the chuck wagon. Yeehaw! Poor little terrier has to chase after the chuck wagon on his tiny little terrier legs. So I think we should do whatever we can to help him out. Let's do that. Pardon me while I block the video for a minute. You get a gratuitous shot of me. Alright, here we go. I was looking at uh, recording stuff and started watching what I was doing there. Man. The manual describes that thing flying around as object. doesn't really even give it a name. Here we go. Oop, I made it stop. Come on, I pushed the little button. You're supposed to hit the button. You're supposed to wait until the food dish is lined up next to you, and then you can eat. First time I tried this, it worked perfectly. Now I can't seem to do it ever since. I can't get my foot puppy butt through there, apparently. Whatever that object is flying around, it can stun you. Over on the left side, we have a creepy little stick figure, dude. Not quite a stick figure. He needs to lose a few pounds. Wow, some sort of nuclear explosion. Here we go. The maze is your basic maze. It'd be cool if it, you know, I did it again. It'd be cool if it was uh, set up to look like uh, a kitchen or something. Like in the commercials. It would also make a lot more sense if this game was literally chasing the chuck wagon. As it, as it moved around the maze, you know? But it's not. You know, I'm looking at that object. It kind of looks like a cat. Which would make some sense, I guess. But the manual doesn't even call it a cat. It's just object. See if I can get to the food bowl. Another gratuitous shot of me. You're welcome. Dog bone this time. For object. Not sure why a dog bone is flying around, but alright. The 
blades itself, as you can see, is not really that hard. Waiting, waiting. Yes! Eat that kibble. Eat it. Eat it. Boom. I don't know what that red thing is. But I think you get the idea. So, have your pet spayed or neutered, as our old friend Bob Parker would tell us. And uh, go pet your dog, and uh, have a nice day. Back to you in the studio. Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about Chase the Chuck Wagon. I am going to jump on the bandwagon here, the, or the Chuck Wagon, if you like. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make any bold statements here. Uh, I don't really like this game either. Now, having said that, I don't hate it. Yes, it's way too simple. Yes, it's weird that you get way more points doing that reward screen thing than you get for anything else. But, the dog is cute, and the concept is cute. It's unpolished, certainly, but, I mean, come on. Schwartz had three days to do it. The sound effects are weird, but also sort of comical. It's weird that the chuck wagon of the title that you're chasing really has nothing to do with the game. I don't know. I was, uh, by the time this promotion came out, I would not have been impressed. I would have been old enough to not be impressed by this game. But if I had been a few years younger, and I could get Atari games... You know, by sending us some proofs of purchase from my dog's food and it's a free game, you know, I might have thought it was a pretty good time. For a while. I wouldn't have played it forever, but for a while. But being a much older person now and playing it, I can see that, uh, yeah, it's a pretty crappy game from the start. So, um, I, I don't rate games here, but um, if I were going to rate this game, I would give it a uh, three doggy kibble farts. I don't know. As always, if you guys have thoughts about uh, Chase the Chuck Wagon or giving away Atari James' promotional products or really anything, contact us in one of the ways that we'll talk about at the end of the show. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story Story, story, story time. With Bill. This week's story is titled Chuck Wagon, the Anachronistic Cowboy. 
Spurs on worn boots caked with mud and worse jangled across the thankfully scratch-resistant laminate flooring. The thirty-something trio at the bar were socially distant but heavily engaged in conversation and didn't notice the stranger sit at the other end of the bar. A small poof of dust billowed forth as the stranger parked his ten-gallon hat on the stool next to him. The bartender turned from her receipts, smiled and raised her face mask. She gestured at her face. Sir, could you please... The stranger smiled back. Well, ma'am, if I cover my face with my bandana, I'm liable to get shot for robbing the Pine City stage. What? The bartender laughed. Did you just walk out of Red Dead Redemption? No, the stranger said. Pine City. All right, then, the bartender said. What can I get you? Whiskey, the stranger said. Leave the bottle. The bartender laughed harder at that. (laughs) Funny. The stranger just grinned. Bemused. As the bartender set the stranger up with something off the top shelf, the stranger weighed a small bag of gold in one calloused hand. Well, he supposed, it wasn't sarsaparilla. Ma'am, the stranger said, I'm Chuck Wagon, pleased to make your acquaintance. Brittany, the bartender said. Chuck Wagon tapped his brow as if doffing a cap. Well, you're right pretty filly, ma'am. Easy, friend, Brittany said. No swiping right here, I just pour the drinks. Chuck had no idea what Brittany meant. But he did enjoy drinks. I'll drink to that, he said, and tossed back a shot. He gestured for another. As Brittany poured, one of the trio of thirty-somethings across the bar noticed Chuck Wagon and stroked his auburn beard self-consciously, envious of the stranger's luxuriant facial hair. Hey, man, Lance called over. What's your beard care regimen? Is it castor oil? Looks like castor oil. You use a derma roller? The eyes within the heads of Lance's friends, only recently bathing in the pleasant effects of gin, rolled mightily upward. Seriously, Lance persisted. What's your secret? I like a lot of onions and hot chilies. Well, sir, Chuck Wagon said. Every morning I get out of my bunk, feed the horses, and dunk my head in the horse trough. Then I go on about my day. Chuck's bemused grin never wavered. Lance didn't quite know what to do. Lance's friend Kennedy considered this. You got a permit for in-town horses? My sister has one for chickens. Chuck sipped his drink. A man dressed in all in black, approached the corner of the bar several stools away from Chuck, seemed to regard Chuck suspiciously, then said loudly, Hey, you got a gun, mister. Gun, gun. Bartender Brittany took a step back. Um, we don't, uh... Chuck, though, barely moved. My holster's empty, partner. I know when to check my guns at the door. Brittany leaned over the bar, satisfied herself that this was true, and refilled Chuck's glass. The man in black sneered. Feel a little vulnerable, do you? He said. Nope, Chuck said, focused on his drink. Do you? No, the man in black said. I'll always be a step ahead of you. Kennedy whispered to Lance. What is happening right now? Chuck glanced at the man in black, then gestured toward the front window of the bar. The dark is towering outside. You best be going. I'll be along shortly. The man in black gathered up his change and started to walk away. See you around, partner, Chuck called. Not if I see you first, the man in black said as he exited. Chuck shook his head. You know him? Brittany said. No, Chuck said. And yes. Um... Say, ma'am, Chuck said. You got any hoe cakes? Brittany was a bit taken aback. Excuse me? You know, Johnny cakes? Corn pancakes? Oh, yeah... No, we don't serve that. 
We do have loaded nachos. That'll do fine, Chuck said. The platter of cheesy goodness was huge. No way I can fit all of this into my saddlebags, Chuck said. Join me, youngin. He waved over to the trio at the other end of the bar. It took a minute for Lance, Kennedy, and Brian to realize that Chuck was talking about them. Brian wasn't excited about this. He wasn't good with new people. Nor was he particularly good with people he already knew. But the three of them did join Chuck Wagon at the feeding trough, as it were. Before long, the three friends got Chuck out on the dance floor, impressed by his ability to square dance to Harry Styles. As the tumbleweeds tumbled through the bar, night became day and Brittany grabbed her broom. Chuck Wagon, the anachronistic cowboy, handed the piano player a bag of gold, dust, and headed out onto the dusty trail. The piano player, it turned out, was actually just a truck driver making an early morning swizzle stick delivery, but no matter. As the sun rose high in the sky, Chuck Wagon mounted his steed and galloped into whatever lie ahead, in his case, being featured in no fewer than a dozen viral videos. Oh well, he reckoned, a viral video couldn't be any worse than rattlesnake venom, could it? Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Pour some review kibble into the Apple Podcast Bowl, the five-star all-meat kind. Not that drain and filler two-star stuff. Thanks to my future new sponsor, Perina, by the way. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. And don't forget, you can call and leave us a voicemail. 563-265-1978. Leave a message about really pretty much anything you want, and I'll probably play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. What are you going to find there? You're going to find links, show notes, social media for this show, the same stuff for my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, the monthly uh, deep dive into all things related to the PNC comic strip. You're going to find information about books that I've written and links to some of the places that you can order them. You're going to find about other stuff that I've done, just all sorts of things. So go check out the website. Thanks in advance. Or thanks subsequent, if you've already been there. You know what? Go there again. There might be new stuff. While we're thanking people, let's thank the patrons. What's pat- what are patrons? Well, it's pretty simple. You go to www.patreon.com. You look up Atari Bytes over there. And you subscribe. What do you get uh, for a uh, contribution to keeping the lights on at the podcast studio? You could get, depending what level you're at, you could get episodes early. You don't necessarily have to wait until the official day these episodes come out. You could get them a little bit early. Uh, you could also get bonus content. Every once in a while, we put stuff up there that you don't get as part of the regular episode feed. For example, every week, we put up a video of the field report that you heard earlier in the show. If it's your thing to actually see on screen what I'm looking at when I do the field report, you can do that if you're a patron at the uh, at least the $3 level. Uh, and then occasionally we put other stuff up there too. So uh, please consider subscribing to the show. 
as a patron, and uh, and you can get that stuff. More importantly, you can hang out with the cool kids, like Michael Tyler, Jose Caseda, Sean Courtney, Aerospike, M. West, and Jim Goble. Thanks to all of them. Uh, thanks to all of you uh, future supporters as well. All right, we're just about out of here. All that's left is to tell you what's coming up next time on Atari Bytes. It'll be our first show post-election here in the U.S. Hopefully there'll be an episode, uh, assuming that the Earth hasn't uh, burned to a cinder from the uh, rioting that comes from the outcome, whatever it is, of the election. But um, assuming the apocalypse hasn't happened, we will be playing Air Raiders, which I don't know anything about, but just from the title and looking at the cartridge that I picked up recently, it feels like a game I should have already played on the show. But I checked the list, and I don't believe that I have. So we're going to do that thing on the next episode. If you have thoughts about Air Raiders, Air Raiders, let me know. Oh, and also, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.